Perfect Marriage Revenge is the Korean soap opera that I have needed injected into my veins. I should have been watching this show sooner. Let me break down the ways that this incredibly delicious K-drama is just hitting everything for me. So I want to talk about uh, <laughs> the perfect marriage revenge and how perfectly the first episode is in setting up all the main characters and getting you to root for the protagonist so damn much. It's a cross between what I think is either fantasy or an extremely long medically induced coma which goes into one hell of a revenge fantasy plot. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Monique. Hey, I am the host of Off by Purple Heart podcast where I talk to you about K-dramas, C-dramas, BTS, and basically whatever else I want to talk about. I have to break down. This show definitely took me by surprise. I heard about it actually a lot on TikTok. It was very much trending um, a few weeks ago. And it took me kind of a while because I wasn't particularly enthused by the name. Uh, the name lend itself to it being kind of like a trashy soap proper kind of thing, but watching it I don't really think of it as trashy. I don't think of it as um, You know a guilty pleasure kind of thing. I don't even really like the concept of the word guilty pleasure It is very very good. I hear it's based off a of webtoon. I have not read the webtoon So I might be out there But in the first episode alone we deal with the female main character uh, the female lead and she is unfortunately a doormat. She is very demure and honestly takes a beating from her family a lot. She was orphaned really young. Uh, in the first episode, we don't get a lot of information about her background or her family, but we do in several episodes after the fact. And I'll definitely tell you when I get into heavy spoilers. But just as a recap for the first episode, she is just very quiet and demure and the actress does a really great job because her facial expressions are so sincere her people pleasing is almost painful to watch because she so clearly wants to be loved and she wants to be of value to people and the way that her stepmother her stepsister treat her it's very much a modern Cinderella take but if Cinderella was to get a very delicious revenge but in the first episode it's really not about that at all and we also meet her fiance who's also a dick and is so clearly in love with her stepsister and just how people just talk about her even her future in-laws and the way they just kind of roll their eyes at her, they all talk shit about her. And basically, they're just like, oh, she's just so pathetic. And my blood was boiling through the first episode watching this. I was like, oh my god, these people are absolutely debauched. Like, they're just so evil. Oh my god. And the actress really sells the sincerity of it. And there is a particular point in the episode where it just leads to the climax and her evil, wicked, grotesque stepmother basically sets her up for fraud. And she runs away from the scene crying and distraught, wondering what has she done to deserve this type of behavior. And then her ex basically dumps her like two scenes later. And she's just reeling like, what? 
what's going on? Like, what have I done to deserve this kind of treatment? And then she runs off, is in the car, she's crying, she's hysterical, you know, the music is swelling in the background, and then she gets into like a massive car crash. But she, funny enough, she's able to survive, right? And we don't necessarily see who the other driver is at that time, but it does get revealed later on in the show. And when you think as the viewer that you can get a moment to breathe, this massive truck just comes out of nowhere and just completely swipe swipes her, right? She ends up in intensive care. And her in her last moments, her wicked stepmother is at her bedside. You know, for some reason, she's able to unplug all of her um, machines that are basically measuring her vital signs, takes out her oxygen. You know, she's in critical condition, which is why she's in the ICU. And the stepmother essentially whispers to her, I hope in the next life, you don't allow yourself to be taken advantage of so much. You're so nice that it actually disgusts me. Like, part of the reason why I dislike you so much is because of your desperation to be liked. So maybe in your next life, maybe you should be a little bit meaner. Maybe you should be a little bit more selfish. Maybe you should actually look out for you for once and leaves her there. And your blood as a viewer is just boiling to like the critical mass level and in the last moments you see her tear up as she's slowly fading away and it's like it's so so good and then like Groundhog Day she wakes up and she's like transported to a year prior to the date that she's passed away and it's like she can basically jumpstart her life all over again. And you see kind of imprinted on her wrist the time and date of where she's currently from. And it is the most delicious setup that I can see for a revenge plot. Because now all the cards are on a table. She knows everyone in her immediate family and her life are a bunch of backstabbers. And she's bitter as hell. And she... The actress does such an amazing job in this because it's like a switch goes off in her eyes and her demeanor immediately changes and you already know it's on. The actress does such a great job with this because to be able to play really soft and earnest like you don't have a single thought behind your head other than just being a wallflower to just going to cold and icy and calculating and making both personas of that character believable was just fantastic work to me. She's phenomenal. And I'm not even getting into the romance part yet because there's a CEO in all this and he is delicious and I find out the actor is like 40 so I'm like, ooh, <laughs> daddy, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> and he, in um, not in the past that she wakes up in but just before she basically dies in the show he basically tells her are you that naive are you not really understanding what the hell's going on here and the way that they kind of leave off you know that there's something more between the two of them than what's being told to us of the audience and it gets really really juicy from there I'm up to episode 
eight of this show. And the amount of reveals that have happened since then are absolutely crazy. If this is how good the show is, I can't imagine how addictive the webtoon is as well. But it just gets so much better. Like, she has a dress fitting with her uh, ex-fiance. And she basically looks him up and down and says, you know, this is bull. <laughs> this is complete bullshit. Tears up her dress with like a fountain pen like a boss and like smashes a bouquet into her cornball uh, ex-fiance's face. And he's like kind of flabbergasted. He's like, what the hell's going on? This is like episode two now. And he's like, what's going on? Like, what happened? How could you like fall out of love with me overnight? And she basically tells him verbatim, yeah, I know that you're into my sister and the only reason why you're marrying me is so you can get close to her. How pathetic are you? And he's like the actor too. Like there's something about his face that's like, at least how he's portrayed in the show. Not not talking to the actor in like real life context, but within the context of the show, has like such a punchable face. And he's like, huh? And then you meet her in-laws and they're just despicable, money-grabbing and hungry too. And the way she dresses them down. But to me, like the real interesting part of the show is like the showdowns between her and the stepmother because it is like two ice queens going up to brawl with one another and i'm telling you the way that they treated her in the first episode you have no choice but to be on her side and it gets more and more convoluted because then there is like the business side of the story as well and the CEO, the one that I hinted at like in the first episode that seems to have kind of a history with her, the two of them basically concoct this plan on marrying one another that it will be mutually beneficial as like a business contract. For the main lead, uh, fem the female lead, she needs to get out of this family because of the level of abuse and disrespect that she's been getting and she wants to get her revenge in this current life that she's living right now. He has ulterior motives as well. Part of it is that his family's trying to court him back into the family business. He's kind of branched off and does his own thing. And he seems to have an extremely tense relationship with his brother. And uh, it's suggested that there is a lot of trauma that's tied to that. The male lead has PTSD, in particular when he ever approaches like large bodies of water. And the show dwells more into detail as to why that happens and a major accident that happened to his brother, which is part of the reason why they have such toxicity towards one another and is like this competitive angle, like real Cain and Abel type dynamic within like the family hierarchy as well. And it just, it just gets so much more convoluted. We get more background into her, her being an orphan and that she thinks that her mom is no longer in the picture, but her mom might be in the picture and she might be a little bit closer to her than she thinks. And just the dynamic between her and her sister once like the mask has fallen off and the female lead is going like blows to blows with um, her god awful stepsister is just so entertaining to watch. I have no idea what the hell I was doing not getting into this show sooner. 
but I'm telling you right now it is perfect and it's not even just like so proper levels of good it's like just legitimately good and addictive it's about 12 episodes as I said I'm at episode 8 and a lot has progressed I have since seen them get married which was like a huge plot point in the show is okay are they gonna get married because there's so many roadblocks thrown against them because it becomes all of this succession like trying to take over the business you know backstabbing between family members of like the two families of the CEO and her god-awful family and it just it just comes to a head but they do end up getting married even though the marriage itself starts off pretty rocky and it just gets more and more delicious and the other thing that I really love too is it has the fake marriage trope dynamic and while there is a lot of trauma within both the female lead and the male lead you could see that she's slowly starting to fall for him but you as an audience know that he is really deep within like there's something that the show isn't telling us but he clearly has more motives as to why he married her and why he's been so gung-ho in joining her in this revenge and making sure that she can take down this family for everything that they've done to her he is absolutely in love with her and he, the actor does a really good job in pretending and like he isn't in it for the fact that he generally wants to have her fall in love with him even in the earlier episodes there's this really really uh good scene where he's like well I, why don't you say that you love me just for practice let's just see how convincing you are as an actor and then she does it and then he tur she turns around and like well no why don't you do it i want to see how you do it and he basically confesses to her right there you know i can't even get to tell you how much I have longed to be with you I'm paraphrasing but the way that the actor delivers it you know that he absolutely is a hundred percent into her and we as an audience still don't know exactly why and getting into even more spoilers I said I'm at episode 8 and remember that car crash that I was telling you about it turns out he was the other passenger in the vehicle that she had the collision with and then they both get side swipe swiped by that massive white truck and one of the theories that I've read is that he also might potentially be from the future and was blasted back into the past because his life was also hanging in the balance and he's also there to correct whatever's in the timeline. That's one theory I read. I also read another theory that potentially his brother might have been the one that engineered the massive truck to kind of swipe swipe them both because the brother is very, very sneaky, very manipulative. I think he's actually probably one of the most dangerous characters in the show. But it's a battle of wits, it's a whole lot of family intrigue, and it's just like cold-hearted bitchery on top of that with like the fake marriage trope and them genuinely falling in love. And I think both the female lead and the male lead are gorgeous together. I think he's a fox and I think she's really beautiful. And I think she's the most beautiful when she's being her coldest. Like I love when the actress gets that look on her face when she's staring down the stepmother. There's just something in the energy shift and the way she kind of dresses her down with her eyes. I'm like, ooh. 
so I'm getting my life watching this show. I'm telling you, if you haven't watched it yet, I don't know what the hell you're doing. You, ha you have to. You have to. This is absolutely worth the watch. I'm probably going to be done with this show by the time I'm, I've posted this uh, podcast episode. So you should probably stay tuned because there's most likely going to be a follow-up video to this. There's going to be a follow-up podcast to this. But I'm going to conclude that for now. This is the podcast for Perfect uh, Marriage Revenge. 12 episodes. I kind of wish it was 16, but I'll, I'll take what I can get. If you're watching this via YouTube, I appreciate you so much. If you're listening via Spotify, I love you. And until the next episode, please share. Bye.